0: Welcome back to the Life for podcast with me, Serena Hussein. Please. Bear with me as I go through some new studio setup Um, but you might notice that it looks a little bit different and there will be some improvements coming up but let's get straight into this episode. This episode I'm going to talk about cancellation, about cancel culture but from the perspective of the person being cancelled and I think the reason why this is so interesting is because number one we shouldn't be so egotistical to think that at any point in our future or present lives something we've said or done could come back to bite us in the butt but not just that it's not just about oh no I hope I don't get caught it may be that you are (laughs) something you've done in the past which you're actually not proud of it could be something that you've said Tweeted publicly, done publicly, where there's some sort of, um, I would say, uh, evidence for, can uh, sort of resurface. And it's something that you can't necessarily control. So there's that sort of dimension that I want us to look at, um, especially seeing as um, there will be a series to actually, I think an entire platform that I'm creating that's going to be dedicated to this. I will be talking about this um, a little bit later, but I don't want to say too much right now, but it most definitely relates to my work outside of my podcasting and content creation. It's very much in line with the kind of work I do around communications, public relations and reputation management. It just, I find this whole cancel culture and how brands and entities respond to it when it's them in the firing line, so incredibly interesting. and I want to almost help people respond to sort of these notices of cancellation in a much more effective way to I guess not only have a little sort of more collective responsibility but how can you walk sort of walk walk yourself out of um, a terrible situation because it is a walk you can't flip the script I think a lot of people think that they can and they end up coming off really really disingenuous Um, and that's what I like to pay attention to how do people apologize how do they make those statements what are their statements I look very very closely at the copy the 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 writing uh, And who's doing all this work for them so I'm going to get into a few recent cancellations that have occurred and I think it's just so I find it so interesting looking at how how the teams and the people involved are actually responding um, and how they are conducting themselves online because we don't know offline how they are moving right how they are going about um, trying to do damage control. We really don't know that. Um, so, so, So the two people that I'm going to focus on in this episode, actually, I think there's more, but I think I'd like to reserve them for the new platform, which is going to be all about this kind of thing. So I don't want to kind of make this podcast too sort of about public relations, because that's not what you're here for. Over here on the Life of Gary podcast, I'm all about bridging the divide between polarized thinking and being more of a broad being, more holistic, and hopefully we can use some critical thinking to bridge that gap. So, have you heard of the meal prep king? Yep. Yeah. The meal prep king is somebody I wasn't at all aware of. Don't you love it when these cancellation notices come up and I'm calling them cancellation notices. It's effectively a whole bunch of social media warriors, I guess, or uh, people who are out here to notify us of people's wrongdoings, especially content creators. Well, the meal prep king is a content creator. I'm not quite sure if he's a nutritionist or a gym trainer. Who knows? But the most relevant information you t- you need to know is that he preps meals and he creates inspiring content and perhaps trains and consults people and coaches them. Well, he decided to go on an I think an Instagram live and he was incredibly unfiltered. <laughs> to, to be polite about it, he was he was so unfiltered. He was just saying whatever it was he wanted to say. He was probably talking like he was intoxicated. Um, perhaps he, <laughs> perhaps he was a bit bitter and upset with somebody. Reportedly, allegedly, he broke his girlfriend, broke up with him. I don't know because he had lots and lots to say about some uh, about women. He had some pretty awful things to say about women. I'm not interested in that. He he was um, and has been accused of being misogynistic, abusive, sexist, all of these things, and um, it's gone quite far because even his book publisher, which I believe is Penguin, shout out Penguin, who are you to work for? Um, Penguin have decided to distance themselves distance themselves from him perhaps they've even cancelled his deal it's uh it's tricky it's tricky and so i'm looking at how this person is going to recover from this i don't think there's actually I don't think you can recover, especially considering your audience was primarily female, Um, women who wanted to lose weight. I think he used his girlfriend, his partner as an example of somebody who did. So mm, you've kind of really, really pissed off your audience. How can you recover from that? I don't think there's any way you can recover from that. What can you do? What can you say? He's gone silent, which I think is wise. Apparently, in a facetious, perhaps cheeky, reactive way, he allegedly posted comments from social media users, users about him and what he's done and he posted them on his Instagram story I don't know whether he's being petty but yeah I'm not quite sure how much he can do right now I don't think there's much damage that you can control it's done and I think in these situations I mean what are you going to do donate to a charity for women do a whole press statement this 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 guy this man meal prep cling king, Kling apparently his name's john clark i think i think so he was unfiltered speaking from the top of his head i think maybe he was under the influence who knows on his instagram and he was essentially being who he is so you know that saying when people show you who they are believe them i believe that this is how he thinks <laughs> And I think his audience can now know for sure how he thinks. So that was number one. Case study number two is a content creator, which is a little bit more distressing, this one, actually. I've dipped in and out of Murad Murali's content over the years. He's been um, a commentator on issues perhaps that impact sort of black British culture much more, mainstream black British culture he uh, does a lot of commentary on Love Island and he's got this sort of self-produced self-made platform which I've respected um, in terms of his effort and his dedication and he has like a strap line I'm daily and consistent and he really is he has always uploaded daily like more than one video he'll just shoot from the hip and he'll provide you with his commentary and I think those kinds of creators they really live and breathe their content and their platform like there's no way that you can not because you are essentially having to have your finger on the pulse you're having to know exactly what's going on when it's going on what people are saying about it and and a much I would say in a much more relaxed um low production quality way compared to let's say I don't know Brett Cooper on the comment section where she's got a whole team and she's commenting on matters and she's also looking at comments the comment section and using that as a springboard to have really insightful conversations from her viewpoint right I'm not going to draw any alliances here so Murad Morali is a much more sort of self-made, low production quality, honest connecting with his audience kind of a creator, and he's built quite an audience. I think like nearly three hundred thousand subscribers. Unfortunately, as somebody who likes to represent. Dare I say POC? I mean, I don't like these acronyms, but people of color, black, British, even black American, African American people, and also um, Muslims, because he's Muslim. And um, yeah, it's uh, there's so many sort of ways to describe, like, we have them like ethnic minorities. It's like, ugh, I I kind of cringe with all these descriptions. So he's known for being like this ally or this person who will support sort of so-called underdog well it transpired that some old work of his has unearthed itself and it displays a fetish that he has uh this is a sexual one sexual fetish and as he enacts these (laughs) fetishes he also says some things which are racial slurs and um, it got a lot of people really upset and I think his way of managing it was immediately to jump on the mic and to try and clear clear the sort of air but, but kind of give more context and clarity to what's going on and he jumped on the mic and I don't know how sincere it was but I think he's, he's doing damage control and this is a, a creator who's uploading every day multiple times a day who's having to clear his name and I, I don't know if he's done the best job of it um, but he did share which is quite heartbreaking quite distressing and you know came with plenty of trigger warnings that he himself was sexually abused as a young boy and And he has said, though, the sort of that experience and the multiple experiences of being abused um, has affected him, his, I guess, ideas of his desire, sort of his desires, his uh, idea of intimacy and sexual pleasure and everything else. And um, that is what has really impacted him and influenced a lot of this work that was unearthed. I think it might've been in the early days of OnlyFans where this content was out there. So he cried, he uh, was quite distressed on camera, and I don't like to see that. Nobody really likes to see that. Looked at the comments section, didn't really think people were really buying it. Unfortunately, they kinda appreciated what he was saying. Not easy, not easy to have to sort of be so open about yourself and share that sort of information with people that you don't know, but who support you because um, you know you create content that they enjoy. It's really tricky. How do you how do you navigate that? I don't. I'm not sure if if, if he's navigated it um, super well. I think that's probably the problem where you are a independent creator and you're having to essentially work for yourself. I'm sure you consult your friends and other people, but you probably need a little bit more support in order to do a good job of addressing all the comments, the inquiries, all the rest of it, because it's quite, this, this, this was quite intense, another intense example, but in a very different way. And it just got me thinking, I thought, Goodness me, here are some potential clients. No, I thought, goodness me, nobody is immune. And this isn't to say, oh, you know, better watch out, someone's going to catch you, the naughty people are going to catch you. No, no, no we are all human. We say things, we do things. And if you are in the public eye, uh, then, you know, you are, um, you sort of like, it's risky. But, you know, this could happen within um, sort of a private sphere of life as well. It's not just that, you know, if if you work publicly that there will be public sort of uh, fallout. There could be private fallout. You know, things come up, things are unearthed. You can't expect things to always remain sort of, you know, hidden and concealed. Things do come up. So it's a tough one. It's really tricky. And I think it also impacts creators who put their personal lives out there. Now, I will comment on certain things on my Facebook. Mainly, and perhaps my Instagram, and even now my YouTube, my um, vlogs, where I will openly talk about sort of the problem, sort of the challenges I'm facing. But I'm not sharing my child on camera. I'm not talking about intimate private details of how I feel I guess what I'm going through or my relationship and my family life so I think you've got to be very careful and you've got to sort of draw a line if it can work for you otherwise it may be that you're an independent creator and perhaps you produce reality tv then you're really stuffed because how can you get away from it and if you're a massive entity like the Kardashians and it's all about putting everything out there in fact it's all about Allegedly engineering <laughs> issues just to kind of get more ratings. So it's oh it's really tricky, and we're in this climate now where you cannot, you cannot flarm flarm and filth. You cannot flour and filth. So I would love to know your thoughts. Are there any examples of people who are being cancelled right now that you think I should know about? I would love to hear those. Number one. Number two, wherever you are listening, please either comment subscribe leave a review share it would really help me out and if you would like more from me you can you can get it you get it on youtube where i blog uh, sorry vlog daily you can also get it on my patreon where I have weekly content and my Instagram, I'm there. I'm, I'm there on Twitter, I'm there on Facebook, blah, blah, blah. but I will be back here on the Life Academy podcast with more content to help us apply a little bit of critical thinking to help our lives become a little bit more holistic and perhaps you're creative and you would like to enhance your creativity and your creative flow. You know what's helping me in my creative flow right now? It is decluttering and I've got a whole series about decluttering and how it's helping me in my creative process on my youtube channel so you can go check that one out as well I'm Serena saying I'll be back very soon see you in the next video